Good evening, Dominion Church. If you will, please stand with me all over the house. We're going to pray and be dismissed. No, I've, I mean, Teacher Derek just got up here and preached my message, so I figured there's no sense for me to preach. Might as well go home. So we're just going to pray and ask God to bless us as we leave and go to our individual journey, destinations. Glory to God. Amazing things God did here. Wonderful sermon tonight, Teacher Derek. Thank you for that. Y'all put your hands together. Amen. What a word. What a word, son. Thank you for doing that. Stand with me in the reverence of reading God's word. Ezekiel chapter 1 and verse 1. I feel like I'm back where we started. When Dominion came in this location, this is how we started, y'all. It was more like a living room session with a bunch of couches all the way around, and we just kind of walked around. Glory to God. Just, I, I, just give me a minute. I'm just trying to get used to this. Ezekiel chapter 1, gentlemen. Thank you. Hallelujah. How many of you are enjoying the teaching on open heaven? I do want to go ahead and prophesy to you and let you know that this teaching is actually the setup for what's coming. I have strategically been teaching over the last couple weeks intentionally because of what's coming. And this teaching that I've been teaching you is by no means the revelation because the revelation will come at His revealing. And His revealing will come when we get through this teaching and then you implement the teaching and then we watch as heaven is open corporately and we encounter the glory of God in a way we've never experienced. And so I've been intentional to go back through and rehash the past few weeks and I'm going to do that again tonight, Ezekiel 1. Hallelujah. In verse 1. And now it came to pass in the 30th year of the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river Chebar, that the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. On the fifth day of the month, which was in the fifth year of King Jehoiachin's captivity, verse 3, the word of the Lord came expressly to Ezekiel the priest, and the son of Buzai, the land of the Chaldeans, by the river of Chebar, and the hand of the Lord was upon him there. Visions of God, the word of God expressly, and the hand of the Lord upon him mightily. Father, we thank you tonight that as we would gather around your word, God, we would gather, God, around your word as those that are desiring the meal of heaven. Father, let us taste of your word, eat of your word, and not just allow us to consume your word, but allow your word to consume us. Father, we thank you tonight that as we indulge in the teachings of your scripture, Father God, that the heavens are opened. God, that the vision of God is released, God. That the word of God comes expressly in this sanctuary. See, it comes with clarity. It comes with understanding. It comes with revelation. It comes with revealing. And God, as the word is taught and caught, we feel the hand of you on us mightily. We thank you, Lord for the open heaven over Dominion Church, God, over the people of God. And God, we thank you, Lord, that as we gather in this place, we shall indeed see visions of God, the word of God clearly, 
and the hand of God mightily. Bless your people now in Jesus' mighty name. And all of God's people said, Amen and Amen. You may be seated all over the house. I want you to understand because I, I know that not maybe you, not everyone has been here all weeks and some of you have been here every week and that's because you need it. Come on, somebody. If God has had you, the Bible says that no man comes unless the Spirit draws him. You're here because God said you need to be here. Hallelujah. But we have looked over the last couple of weeks and we, we have this understanding that if heaven can be opened, then that means that heaven can be closed. Somebody say heaven can be closed. We understood that as we look back in the first week, that deception is what closes heaven. How are you, how are you a, a walking in the realm of the earth under a closed heaven? It, it's, it's an understanding that deception. Why? Because of, out of deception we find the deceiver, Satan, and those that are not walking obediently nor circumspectly to, to the word of the Lord and to God. But we found out that deception closes heaven and, and, and the sounds and sights of a closed heaven is that there is no rain, there is no word, and there is no light. And we looked as a drawing, if y'all can't throw up weeks one drawing, we looked at a picture of what it looks like when we understand that when God said in Genesis 1, let there be the heavens and then let there be a firmament. And in the midst of that firmament, he called it so. And he said, let there be a, a waters and let the waters part and let there be dry ground and the dry ground be earth and the water be sea. And in Matthew 6, Jesus comes teaching uh, and he's teaching to his church in Matthew 6 and 9. And he says, and therefore, when you pray, pray, our Father who are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth earth as it is in heaven but we found out that there's a prince of the power of error in Ephesians 2 that is also that great deceiver that Revelation talks about the accuser of the brethren Satan who is who is in between heaven and earth and he is he's occupying that space and that's the place of spiritual warfare in accordance to Daniel chapter 9 and 10 but then we see that when the church prays the heavens are opened and and then last week we went into an understanding Standing last week out of Deuteronomy 28 and 23. Deuteronomy 28 and 23 says, And your heavens, which are over your head, somebody say, Your heavens over your head shall be bronze, and the earth which is under you shall be iron. Somebody say, Heaven and earth. And I drew a drawing, and I had to redraw that drawing too. So here it is. But my drawing was so cool that Corey said he wanted to try redrawing it, so Corey redrew my drawing that I redrew. Show him your drawing, Corey. Hold on, hold on, no, no, no. Go back to my drawing. Go, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. Leave your drawing up, Corey. But last week, here's the breakdown of last week. I'm telling you, I'm gonna print these things, I'm gonna put them right online next to Bob Ross paintings. Watch this. Deuteronomy 28 and 23 said, that your heavens over your head, that the heavens could be bronze. Everyone say bronze. But he said the earth below you could be iron. Now watch, he's speaking distinctly to you. Somebody say you. Because he said your heavens and your head. And last week we found out that there is a your heaven and then there is another heaven and they are the same heaven, but there is a difference in heaven over your head compared to the heaven over my head. 
Last week, we taught an understanding that there are people that can be under an open heaven while simultaneously there are people under a closed heaven. There are people with favor on their life and then there are people that are favor haters. But he said, watch this, he said, but there is a, the, the heaven over your head shall be as bronze and the earth under your feet shall be as iron. But watch this, the one who is under a bronze heaven and an iron earth is the disobedient. And in that atmosphere, it is dry. It's, it's where I believe the same would come between a rock and a hard place. Somebody say, I don't want to be you. But then the word is also equally as clear that your heaven's over your head, but then there are others. And who's the others? Those are those that surrender to Jesus. And we find that there is rain that comes in those places. What does rain do? Rain produces growth. What is growth? Growth is life. So watch this, simultaneously. Oh, I'm gonna help somebody right here on Valentine's Day. That is a picture of some of y'all's relationship. I said it, Lord. I said it. That is, I'm telling you. That is, that is the picture of some of y'all's relationship. Some of y'all carry in heaven while the others of you carry in hell and you all up in the same house. And watch this. Some of y'all get mad because you see the way God blesses the other person in your relationship and you're jealous. But what you got to realize is it's not that you're jealous. It's that you're under a bronze heaven while they're under an open heaven. Because your heaven over your head is what you're responsible for. So you have to understand something. That you are responsible for the heaven over your head. How is heaven over your head hard? I'll tell you how. Your heart is. When your heart is hard, so is heaven. When you're disobedient and you don't adhere to God's teaching and God's word, when you don't surrender to God's statues, you can live under a hard heaven. Watch this. Watch this. I got to go on in Genesis 28. and We got we to gotta, we gotta bring this all together. Genesis 28 and verse 10. <coughs> Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled toward... Haran. And at sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stop there for the night. And he found a stone to rest his head against it and lie down and sleep. And he slept and he dreamed of a stairway that reached up from the earth to the heaven and he saw angels of God going up and down the stairway. Somebody say an open heaven. Now I want to jump to verse 16. Watch verse 16. And Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. Remember, I taught on this last week. And I wasn't even aware of it. Verse 17. But he was also afraid and said, What an awesome place. Everyone say place. That this is. It is none other than the house of God. The very gateway to heaven. My God, let it be so. And then the next morning, Jacob got up very early and he took the stone he had rested his head on and he, see, and he set it upright as a memorial pillar and then he poured olive oil over it. And he named that place Bethel, which means house of God. And although it was previously called Luz, verse 20, and Jacob made this vow, if God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey, if he will provide me with food and clothing, and if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. Verse 22 pulls it all together. 
And this memorial pillar I have set up and will become a place for worshiping God. And I will present to God a tenth. Somebody say a tenth of everything he gives me. Last week we talked on and we understood from this scripture that where are the open heavens? The open heavens are directly connected to places. Somebody say places. Notice the first thing that Jacob did is he changed the name of the place. And when he changed it, he changed it to Bethel, which was the name of the house of God. In other words, Jacob said that the place was directly connected to the proximity of heaven in my life. But also, not only did Jacob rename the place, it was about his posture. Somebody say he rested. And see, I want you to understand that it's from this that we find out that places, posture, and prayer are what are three things that are directly connecting us to the open heavens. And it was in his posture that when Jacob learned how to not worry, when Jacob learned not to be about anxious about anything but by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving to make his request be known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. When Jacob understood that rest was a declaration and when he rested and he put his head on the rock the heavens were open and then and then after that he rises up and he makes this declaration of prayer and says if God will keep me if God will protect me if God will clothe me if God will give food to me and if God will bring me back to my father's house he made a prayer, and when he made a prayer, it was, the, it, was, it was the sealing of the deal of the heaven that was open. But tonight, I want you to understand and go to the last part of that in the very end of it as we begin to go into part three now that we have to understand that there are places, postures, and prayers connected to open heavens, but there are also promises. Somebody say, I'm going to shout tonight more than I've ever shouted. Over any, sermon. Over any sermon. All right. Make sure y'all gonna shout tonight. I want you to understand something. In Genesis 28 and 22, he said, I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. Y'all have clapped these last couple weeks. My inbox is blown up, text messages, phone calls. I'm getting calls from even around the nation of different ministries and pastors that listen to my messages that follow us. And they have told me, they said, they said, sir, you are preaching some of the best stuff that I've ever heard. I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing it. And I want you to understand while I, I'm like, hey, glory to God. What I want you to know is you don't get to call the last couple weeks good because it made you feel good and then come in here tonight and feel like, I snatch the e-brakes because I want you to know it's line upon line and precept upon precept and you don't get posture without a promise and you don't get prayer without a promise and you don't get places without a promise. So this is just as good a meat as everything you've been eating the last couple weeks. But I want you to understand something. He said that he gave in the place, watch this, the heavens are open. The heavens are open, and at the place that heaven is open, the first thing that Jacob says, it says, I got to give God his. Oh, it's quiet. See, I wonder how many of us treat God's house like a soup kitchen. We come in, and really all we really hear is for the free meal. 
But see, Jacob understood, how could I encounter God, the King of kings and Lord of lords, and not turn around and give to the one that has given me everything? And I saw heaven open and a ladder, and on that ladder, angels ascending and descending. Jacob said, I'd be a fool to be in this place at this posture, praying these prayers and not understand I'm going to give God something that says I was here. Mm. So, the word tithe literally means a tenth. That's literally what it means. So in Genesis 28 and 22, when he said, and I will present to God a tenth, he said, I'll present to God a tithe. Watch this. The word tithe means tenth, and the phrase tenth is directly linked to tithe. But what does a tithe or what does a tenth? Why is it a tithe or a tenth? You ready for this? Because you can't count no higher than ten. Oh, I know. That's, this is Revelation. You can't count no higher than 10. Numerically, our number system is made up of 10s. Why? Because 10 is a whole. Somebody say it's a whole. And if I count to 10, it's a whole. Watch this. 10 10s is 100. 10 hundreds is 1,000. 10 thousands is 10,000. Because a 10 is a whole, you can't get no higher than 10. You count to 20 and you say 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. And then when you start with 11, watch this, you go back to 1. And you count 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. It's 10. And then you start back to 1 and you say 21, 22. Come on, somebody. Why? Because God understood that if you could get him involved in the 10, that he'd have access to the whole. Hold on, I'm going to teach you tonight. I'm going to teach you tonight on how, how we really get under open heavens. Ready? Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8. Will a man rob God? That's a question. But he doesn't give them chances to even answer it. And to leadership, let me tell you this, to study this, he's not talking to the church. He's talking to the priest. He's talking to the leaders. Why? Because God knows that everything starts with leadership. And let me tell you something. You can't lead beyond your capability of revelation. That as a man understands, so is he. And watch this, watch this. You can't lead nobody where you don't have the revelation. So when God comes in Malachi, he's addressing the priest that are robbing him. He said, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Next verse. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me even, watch this, watch this, this whole nation. Hold on, just stop right there. I want to take you in your Bible quickly. Just I'm going to paraphrase this. Joshua is called to lead the people in the next season. They cross the Jordan and they come to a city that's called. Thank you. I want at least one person reads the Bible at Dominion Church. They come to a city called Jericho. Everyone say Jericho. And here's the amazing part about Jericho. God said, I've given you the city. But he said, you can't take nothing from it. 
Why? Because Jericho was the first of many places that God was about to give his people, but he wanted to know that he could trust them with the first, that they could properly steward the rest. And the Bible said that they went in and we find out as we read the story about, about Rahab and about, the, about those men that went in and they come back and they, and they go in and they march around the wall seven times and on the seventh day with the seven priests and the seven horns, they shout. And it says, for the Lord has given you the city of the walls. Literally what's translated there is the earth is open and the walls collapse directly down in the earth, meaning that they didn't even have to step over into it. And the Bible says they went in and they took the city. But here's the problem. When they went in and took it, there was a man by the name of Achan. And Achan got to Achan and itching for some greed. And he decided to take a few things and go hide them in his tent. And and all of a sudden, Israel keeps going through life and they're going on. And now all of a sudden they go out to battle and, and, and they don't even take everybody with them because they know that they're about to whip tail because if God be for me who can be against me and they go out and this little minuscule army whips Israel's tail and hands it back to them and identifying this Joshua realizes there's sin in the camp and what he finds out is that Achan took the cursed things the things that were divinely proportionate to God Let me ask you something. What if the reason why you're not winning your battles is because you have something that belongs to God? What if the reason why you're not winning in this season is because if the truth was really told, if we went inside your tent, there would be some things in there that belong to God. And you think it's just about tithing offering. And you think it's just about the church getting your money. And you think it's about the preacher needing a new car. And you think it's about somebody with a fat, big bank account. No, brother. It's making sure you win your battles. What was Jericho? It was a tithe. God said, I want to see how you treat the first so that I know you'll properly steward the rest. What was it? It was a tenth city. It was a tithe city. It was the first of multiple cities that God would give them. But hold on. Tonight, I want you to understand and tell you there are promises that are connected to open heaven. Somebody say there's promises. Notice this though. Malachi 3 and 8. He says this in verse 9. He says, for you have robbed me even the whole nation. I'm sorry, I got sidetracked there. Watch. God holds the whole nation. Somebody say the whole nation. God holds the whole nation accountable for one man's sin. Why do we preach this message corporately? I'll tell you why. Because there's a very good chance. Watch this. I'll tell you in Dominion Church. You ready? Y'all big boys and big girls. So guess what? You get the big boy and girl message. Do you understand that even corporately in Dominion Church that only 14% of this church tithes? Oh, we're running 500 people. That's great because 345 of them are robbers. Oh, I know. Y'all, want, y'all wanted to come tonight and just hear about how much God wants to bless you. He does when you quit robbing him. Don't worry. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come tonight. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to deal with it. It's got to be dealt with. Watch this. Verse 10. Verse 10. Bring all the tithes. Somebody say all the tithes. 
into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And you say, preacher, what has this even got to do with open heavens? I'm going to show you. And try me now in this. Everyone say, test me. The only place scripturally that God says for us to be able to test them is says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such blessings that there will not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that it will not destroy the fruit of the ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. Verse 12 closes it. And all the nations will call you blessed for you will be delightful. For you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Watch, watch. He said, test me now on this and watch to see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you don't even have room to contain. Watch this. Notice how Malachi says that when we tithe, he opens windows. And if he opens windows, that means that windows must be closed. That means until we give him the tithe, we're under closed windows. If he has to open the window when we tithe, that means we're under closed windows until we tithe. But not just a closed window, a cursed one. He says, you've robbed me. And they say, how have, we, how have we robbed you? He says, in tithes and offerings. He said, now you're cursed with a curse. It's real quiet in the house of the Lord. I thought y'all loved this series. I thought you were, oh my gosh, this thing is so powerful. It's life-changing. It's revelating. It is. Until you realize there may be a part of it that you're not, you're not following. So watch this. I, I, I just got to do, do this. I got to do, I got another drawing. I know, I got yelled at about drawing with red. Look at, look at the black one. Look how awesome that one works. Everyone can see it, right? It's black. <laughs> Imitation. I I'll preach that. You don't know what's in it until you put a demand on it. Come on, huh? It looks like the it looks like the one that can color. Come on, sister. Don't don't cheer me on on that kind of stuff. Watch this. Watch this. Somebody say this is a hole. Right? How much is a hole? It is not. It's 100%, you goofball. Watch this. Watch this. Let me ask, here, let me ask you this. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Watch this. God owns it all. As old Miss Sweet Betty that led me to the Lord said, God owns the cattle and the cattle on the hill and the taters there in the hill, she used to say. Watch this. So God owns it all. Somebody say, God owns it all. So if God owns it all, he owns 100%, right? But watch this. Watch this. Watch this. So we can agree. How many of you can agree that 100% belongs to God? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That means everything belongs to God. So watch this. So God gives you 
a paycheck of $1,000. Now, understanding how much of that belongs to God. Y'all really do listen. Now watch this. How much did God say to set aside for his work? Okay. Yes, yeah, some, hey, some of y'all, you're more than welcome to. God says to give 10% or a tithe, a tenth, unto his work. So now watch this. So of that then, now how much belongs to God? No, no, no. How much belongs to God? Some of y'all said $100. No, he still owns it all. Hold on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that was because, because in the church, what we say is, okay, God, you done got yours. Slide him a little Benjamin. But what we fail to realize is he owns it all. So even when we give the tithe, how much is his? A hundred percent. It's still all his. Watch, though. Watch, watch, watch. So of this, how much is left? So 90% is left. Okay, of that now, how much belongs to God? A hundred percent, right? Because let me tell you something. What happens so many times in the church when we take on the concept of tithing is we say 10% is God's. No, you're in error. 10% is not God's. Every bit of it is God's. But he gives us the 100% and when he gives us the 100% watch this he's God he's God he didn't have to give you the 100% you do understand that he's Lord of all that God could have set it up that when man was created that 10% of everything would automatically go to him but instead he invited us on this journey of free will and he says hey I'm going to give you 100% So if God owns it all, why would he require us to put aside 10% of it? If God owns it all, why would he require us to put aside 10% of it? Because tithing is not about what God needs, but about your ability to determine what he has access to. Watch this. When you give God access to, to the tithe, the tenth, what he understands is a tenth is a whole. And when you give God access to the 10%, you can't get 10% outside of 90% without having access to the full hundred. And what we find out is that what tithing is, is God says, when you give me the tenth, now you've given me permission and you've given me access to bless the other 90%. And we say it all the time in the church that what, what it is is either you can have 100% cursed or 90% blessed. 
And the reality of it is, it's all his to begin with. Don't you know that your Bible says the Lord gives and the Lord takes away? Let me tell you something. That ain't your job. Y'all real quiet in this house. That's his job. He gave it to you. I understand there may be somebody's name on the bottom of your check, but even that person, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Jesus Christ is Lord of all. So understand this. In the concept of tithing, God doesn't need your 10%. He just wants to see what you'll do with it. And when we give him access to what was his to begin with. And you know what? Let me, let me address this because some of y'all are like, I'm a tither. I, I, get, I tithe. Okay. Like you do understand that's not yours to begin with. That would be like Jamie giving me her shoes for me to turn around and say, I can't, and then give them back to her and be like, look at the shoes I gave you. They were mine to begin with. And yet that's how we treat tithing with God like we did him a favor. That's why I'll preach it and continue to preach this message. God don't need your money. And if you're going to give it begrudgingly, because the Bible says he loves a cheerful giver, keep it. But understand this, when you keep it, you're cursed with a curse. And watch this, he said, but if you'll give, I'll open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that you don't have room to contain. But watch this, watch this, he said, and I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. What does that mean? That when I don't give, the devourer has the permission to continue to devour. People say, well, I just can't afford to tithe. No, let me tell you something. You can't afford not to tithe. There's people say, well, my light bills do preach. I got, uh, let me tell you something. I'm a firm believer. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things will be added unto you. I'm a firm believer. When you give God his, he will in turn turn around and bless the rest of it that he has put in your care. I'm, I'm, I'm coming tonight. I'm going to rebuke it. Listen to me. There's people that serve in this church, and I don't know who you are. I'm just speaking by the Spirit. You can ask my wife. You can ask anybody. I don't know who ties in this church and who doesn't. You know why? Because I don't want to know. Because you could be the greatest tither in this church, and if you've got an alcohol problem, I'm going to preach against alcohol, and I ain't going to be manipulated by your sorry money. Come on. So guess what? I, I don't know who tithes and who doesn't. The only thing I do, I, 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 every quarter, I talk to Pastor Jamie and say, print me a report of leadership, and all I need is a yes or no of whether they're tithing. I don't need to know amounts, don't need to know what they're tithing. Why? Because I don't care. All I want to know, though, is here's this. I can't entrust you in ministry if he can't trust you with his money. So hear me out. Hear me out. But there are people that serve in this ministry. And you say things like, I'm serving, I'm doing everything I can to God. And it's like, it's like heaven is shut. And because when it comes to tithe and offering time, the heavens are bronze and the earth is iron because you're robbing God. Color quiet. But you don't get to huck and buck and shout over the truths that make you feel good and not equally celebrate these truths that'll set you free. What did he say? He said, test me now in this. And watch this. He says, and watch and see. Watch and see. 
if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you do not have room to contain. You know what's so amazing about that? That when he says that, watch this, when he says that, he's not talking about monetary blessing. You know, if you haven't noticed, Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights are running in correlation. The authority of the believer in the open heavens, it's all strategic, y'all. But hear me out. That's, that's milk and meat, and this is like meat with a side of meat on Wednesday nights, okay? But so hear me out. Hear me out. He said, watch and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you do not have room to contain. The phrase that is used there, the blessing, is the same that is used in Genesis 1 and 26. And that word blessing means the empowerment to prosper. In Genesis 1, 26, it says, and God blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. Watch this. He blessed them and he gave them the empowerment to prosper. And when he gave them the empowerment to prosper, everything else fell in line behind them. In Malachi chapter 3, when he says, watch and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, the, right, the transcribers actually missed the word and put a blessing when in relation it says the blessing. And what he's talking about is the same word that is used in Genesis 1, 26, when it says, and God blessed them. In other words, when we give, he says, I'm going to bring the empowerment of you to prosper. And that's why it's so much more than just money. Watch this. You'll fill the earth. You'll subdue it. Everything you touch will prosper. Whatever you lay your hands to will prosper. Have you ever seen people, they'll, 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 they'll try ventures, they'll do things, and, and, and they fall flat on their face. But then you take some other people that you know put God first, and they try things, and they just prosper. Yes. You can never design a, a high heel and just be like, I'm going to go design pink high heels. And I promise you, if you seek the kingdom of God first, and you felt God's nudge, next thing you know, you'll be the greatest stiletto maker in all the earth. Because he will empower you to prosper. What did he say? He said the heavens will be open. There's no blocking of the enemy. There's no devouring of your seed. When we tithe, when we give God what is his. And let me be clear. Tithing is not as, as minuscule as just money. Because tithing is any increase. Some of y'all sitting here like, yeah, I give, I'm telling you, I, I get my checkbook, my, my paycheck gets $1,020. I write that check out, $120 every single Sunday. Preach on, preacher. Preach, you're preaching real good. You do understand, though, the tithing is far beyond money. And if there's 24 hours in a day, then that means a tenth of it that belongs to God would be two hours and 40 minutes. Come on, let's talk about tithing. You say that you don't feel God. You say that it's like the heavens are hardened, but yet you'll watch Netflix for six hours and you ain't got 20 minutes to give God in the Bible. We have raised a consumer generation in this nation that is hungry for everything but God. I, I would love to read my Bible. I just ain't got time to. Check their screen time. Oh, I'll tell you, screen time was convicting when I got it. I said, what? I've been spending that much time doing what? 
So listen to me. You know, there's there's a person, I won't mention their name, but uh, this individual came to me just within the last couple of weeks and he told me, he said, he said, you know, Pastor, he said, man, I don't have a job, but he's like, I feel like if I come to the new location, I just really want to work and help out. And he's like, I don't make money, so I feel like that's the way I tithe. That's exactly right. But you know what I know? People with that attitude won't have time on their hand much longer because God's about to bless them with something. When you have a heart like that, God cannot overlook it. He said, test me now in this and watch and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a way that will empower you to prosper. I got to hurry along. I got to hurry along. You can't rob God and live under an open heaven. You can't rob God and live under an open heaven. And, and there's a good chance that I'm preaching to the choir tonight. There's a good chance that that 14% of consistent tithers at Dominion Church, they're probably here tonight. But there's a good chance there's somebody in your family or somebody connected to you, a friend that's been visiting with you on Sunday, and you know what your job is? To take this revelation and begin to disciple them when you leave this place. Tithing is not only a biblical commandment, but it's also a powerful spiritual practice that opens up the heavens and invites God's blessings into our lives. I want to give you six things that happen under the open heavens of tithing. I'm going to be very quick. There's six very small points, but I want to say this because I've always, I've always shared this a lot of times when I speak on tithing. I don't never preach on tithing, and honestly, recently, within the last couple of years, God convicted me of it. He told me that I was muzzling the people. Come on. Because I, I use the excuse, I don't, I don't want to think all I want to talk about is money. And then God told me, he said, if, they're really, if they really know you, they'll know your heart. They'll know that you don't always talk about money. They'll know that you're not hungry about money. But, but I want you to understand this. I want you to understand this. That I, I, it would be an error for me to be your pastor, your preacher, and, not, and make you think that heaven's only open when you learn how to shout. But you know what's so crazy is that you can't spend a dollar without it saying that it trusts God. And on the back of every bill, it says, in God we trust. On the shine of every nickel, dime, penny, and quarter, it says, in God we trust. Don't allow your money to believe and trust God more than you do. Six things that happen under the open heaven of tithing. You ready? The first thing that happens is it strengthens our trust in God. Malachi 3, he said, test me now in this. God's saying, I want you to trust me. I want you to trust me financially. I want you to trust me in your finances. Not just your prayers, not just your devotion. I want you to trust me financially. When we tithe, it strengthens our trust in the Lord. Through tithing, we demonstrate this, ready? Our faith and reliance in God. That's how our trust is developed. When we tithe, it's our faith and reliance. What do you mean? Because Hebrews 11 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. 
In other words, when we give, we give, and we don't see where it goes. We don't go. We don't see what it's spent on. We don't see what it's what's necessarily even accomplished with it. But by faith and trust in God, yeah. let me tell you something. You don't give your tithe to Dominion Church. You better get rid of that mentality really quick because when you do, you'll look at it and say, well, I gave my tithe, so I'm glad they bought the new lights. Oh, look at the LED screen that my tithe money bought. Oh, look at the new car that Pastor Jamie's driving. Glory to God, my tithe money. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Because you don't give your tithe to Dominion Church. You give your tithe into the kingdom of God. And when you give your tithe into the kingdom of God, then understand this, that God will hold accountable every man that he entrusted the stewardship of his finances. Everyone says, I want to be a preacher. Well, that's great because you're going to have to stand before God with the accountant next to you one day too. Why'd you spend $600 on this family that... Let me just stay away from that. I about got myself in trouble right there. The second thing, the second thing, ready? I've got, I got 10 minutes to give you four more. The second thing that happens under an open heaven of tithing is that when you tithe, it cultivates a generous heart. You cannot give and see the blessings of God poured out in your life and it not make you want to be more generous. Let me tell you something. Generosity does not come from the devil. The devil will never give you generosity. Jesus came preaching. He said, if you have it and your brother doesn't, give it to him. When you tithe, it will generate. Did you, did you, ever, you ever realize that givers are always the most generous people? And not only are they generous, they're happy. Come on, somebody. Because when, we, when, when it cultivates a generous heart, tithing helps us develop, watch this, a selfless attitude. It's, not, it's no longer my money. It's his. It's no longer what I want, what I want to buy. It's God, the furtherment of your kingdom. And when we share our resources, we realize that it is influencing and impacting other people's lives. The third thing, that when we tithe, the sixth thing that ha- or, or the sixth things that happens under the open heaven of tithing is we get to experience God's faithfulness. You'll never experience his faithfulness in the midst of your unfaithfulness in tithing. As we faithfully tithe, we witness firsthand God's faithfulness in providing our every need, even exceeding our expectations. He said, look at the birds of the field. Do I not provide for them? And yet you are a child of mine? How much more does your heavenly father love to give good gifts to those who ask? When we give and when we tithe, we get to experience God's faithfulness. The fourth thing that happens is that it literally is inviting. When we tithe, it's an inviting of God's blessings. God is waiting. Watch this. In Malachi 3, he gave the invitation, but now when we give the tithe, we're inviting the blessings of God to begin to flow. Literally, when we release the tithe, God says, now I can open the window. Tithing is an act of obedience that positions us to receive God's favor, blessings in many ways and forms in various areas of our lives. The fifth thing that happens under the open heaven of tithing is that it breaks the cycle of scarcity. Watch this. You can't have a poverty mindset and be a tither. You can't. Tithing breaks the bondage of greed and scarcity. 
If you wrestle with greed, I'll tell you why. It's because you don't tithe. I could say that flat-footed behind this pulpit tonight. If you wrestle with being greedy, I guarantee you're not a consistent tither. There's no way you can be a tither and have the spirit of greed in operation in your life. The sixth thing, and I'm done. The sixth thing that happens under the open heaven of tithing is it creates opportunities for spiritual growth. Tithing opens the windows of heaven, but it opens the doors spiritually for others and for us as we are able and empowered to go out and and see God's kingdom advance as we invest in earth's greatest treasures, the souls of other people. When we tithe, we say this in our declaration that we partner with Jesus to see him get his full reward. What are you saying, preacher? I'm telling you that when we tithe, we're saying, here, Jesus, here's the resources. Let's take your gospel into all the world. Let's continue reaching 170 nations. Let's continue with the development of the trade schools and the after-school programs and the, and the Bible college. Let's continue with the equipping of other ministries. Let's continue with the community uh, uh, partnering around things like the school and the hospitals and the, and, the, and the emergency management system. Let's continue to take our resources and say yes to Jesus. That's what happens when we tithe. And here at Dominion Church, we've got a running 30-day challenge. Teacher Derek says it all the time. What do you got to lose? For 30 days, we challenge you to test God. For 30 days, take 10% of your gross income. Give it in a way that it can be recorded. Write it on a check. Put it in an envelope with your name on it. And write, write down on it for 30 days, for four weeks. Some of you, that would only be two checks. And at the end of the 30 days, if God does not move in your life in some way, shape, form, or fashion, that you can't stand back and say, that was God. At the end of that 30 days, if you can't do that, you come see me personally, you go see my wife personally, and we will gladly give you 100% of every dollar that you gave over those last 30 days, we'll give it back to you. But we say it all the time. Nobody will do it because God's not a liar. And God watches over his word to perform it. Here's the thing. We've been running this challenge for years. We've really just pushed it in the last probably year and a half because what we're doing is we're realizing God is growing people. God is changing marriages. God is reviving people. God is saving souls. But my God, what good is it if they're suffering under a closed heaven in every other area of their life because they're consistently robbing God? So we have to disciple. We have to train. We have to equip the saints to do what God has called them to do. And you'll never walk under an open heaven while robbing God. Amen. Stand with me all over the house. Pastor Jericho, you got announcements? You can come on up here. Brooke, if you can, just come play keys real quick. I don't, I'm not doing an altar call. I want to just share my heart real quick on a couple of things. By faithfully tithing, listen to me, by faithfully tithing, we not only open the heaven in our own lives, but we also contribute to the work of God's kingdom. When we tithe and we bring that tithe, we bring the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ into a world that is in darkness and so desperately needs heaven's resources. Jesus said, whatever you bind 
on earth is bound in heaven. Watch this. Closed earth, close heaven. Closed earth closes heaven. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And while many may celebrate and say, glory to God, I'm binding that spirit of cancer. I'm binding that spirit of division. Let me tell you what some of you are binding. You're binding that ability of the empowerment to prosper when we don't tithe and give God His. Because closed earth, closed heaven. But whatever you open in earth will be open in the heavenlies. I'm going to ask you this. You ready? Over the next 30 days, if you're not testing God in this, what do you have to lose? Take 10% of your gross income. 10% of the increase of what God gives you. If you make $1,000, all thousand of it is His. But He says, give me my divine portion. Give me my Jericho. And I'm going to let you win with the other 900. Over the next 30 days, take this challenge. And here's the thing. Everybody's got me on Facebook Messenger. If you ain't got my phone number, Facebook message me. My God, y'all do it. The old preachers be like, yeah, just don't give everybody your phone number. And I'm like, yeah, there's this thing called Facebook Messenger now. But all you got to do is shoot me a message. I'm serious. Shoot me a message. If it doesn't work, my God, if it don't work, I will gladly give you back every dollar you've given in this ministry the last 30 days. And you know what? I'll never be able to stand in this pulpit again and say, and I know it won't happen. Because you know why I can say that? I'm confident it won't happen. What do you have to lose? Part of Dominion Church's job is to embark you on a journey to encounter Jesus. You don't just get to encounter Jesus in the preaching and in the worship and in serving. Why don't you encounter Jesus in your finances and in your giving and in the increase of your life? I'm going to pray for you, and after I do, I'm going to ask Pastor Jericho to come share some really cool things that are coming. Listen, y'all, this is our last Wednesday night service here. I'm, I don't know who did that, mm, but I'm kind of with you because it's like mm, the closing of one door, but the opening of another. And what an amazing time we've had in this place. Sunday is our last Sunday service here. We're going to come back the following Sunday. We're going to do a foot washing service. There's going to be some information coming on that, but we're not going to have children's church. We're not going to have stuff. Literally a foot washing service the last Sunday because we are going to, as leadership, wash the feet of everyone we're called to serve so that when you walk out of this place that last Sunday, we're declaring that as you go in that new place, it's a new season. And nothing that was on you in this season will be on you in that season. Hallelujah. Just a powerful prophetic time. There's a lot of changes, things shifting, moving. We need your help in every area that you can. Come be like my buddy. Tithe your time. If you ain't got a job, my God, quit sitting home watching Jeopardy. Come give God two hours and 40 minutes at the new location. 
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he establish you and give you peace. May his face shine upon you. And in all of our ways, God, help us acknowledge you and you will direct our paths. God, you're so faithful. You're so good. You're so mighty. Lord, I ask for the Malachi 3 blessing to hit this ministry in a way we've never seen before, God. Give and it'll be given. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. God, give us the running over blessings that it runs over on every street. It runs over on every home. It runs over on every marriage. It runs over on every family, God. Let it run over, God. God, we're thankful for your faithfulness. You're so good to us, God. Bless your people. In Jesus' mighty name. Somebody put your hands together and shout for the open heaven of God. Hallelujah.